Here's what's coming up on this week's show. I can have a cup. What's the first thing you notice about the cup? And each of you will notice something different. Well, hang on a minute. What's in the cup? Are we, are we talking yeah, alcohol? <laughs> Is it a cup of tea? Because if it's a cup of tea, I'm not interested. Since when do you have alcohol in a cup? If it's what? I don't know. I mean, she might have run out of glasses. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. Now, if you've not listened to us before, we're all about helping small businesses grow. We have experts on every week who know a thing or two about helping small businesses grow. And we've got one of those as a return guest this week, which we'll talk about in a second. She's fab. Before we go any further, whether you've listened to us before or whether you haven't, one big thing you can do for us is hit follow. In fact, two big things. And the other one is to leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you're using because that helps the biggest up in podcast land and the algorithms send us to more new people uh, so rather excited about having christine back this week tell us about her yeah very so yeah christine is um, a returning guest um, and what christine does is she's a global negotiation strategist so she talks to people about how they can ultimately achieve the best outcome when speaking to their prospects um, and or clients. So I have to admit, before we had her on the show last time, I'd never met a professional negotiator before. No, nor me, nor me. But when you think about it, though, in business, it is about negotiation. It is understanding that person who you're talking about um, and developing those skills in order to you know, build that rapport and those relations and that you know, long lasting relationship with that person. And, um, and Christine just makes, yeah, so much sense with what she talks about. And I think they're fundamental skills to have, you know, in any business, in any industry. So we last had Christine on back in November last year uh, for episode 27, talking to us specifically about how to negotiate to get anything you want. But we kind of broaden the topic out this time. And we're literally talking about going into any kind of conversation, whether you're closing a deal uh, or whether you're talking about uh, setting up something with a brand new client uh, and even bigger stuff like the big goals and the big things you want out of your business. How do you make all those happen when you've got to have a conversation with someone else to make those things happen? This is the Big Little Business Show. So one of the key things that has really helped me as a business owner, Christine, is to have a clear understanding of what I want. But sometimes it can be really hard to ask for it. So what we want to know, and this is kind of what we want to cover and why we've had you back partly, is because we want to know how to be better at being bold and getting what you want. Mm, I love that. Yes. Do you want me to say something? (laughs) This is very, very entertaining. Have you ever been on a podcast before? Do you know how this works, Christine? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so how do you get better at being bold? That's what we want to know. Well, the, the first thing, I mean, you actually, you kind of hit on it. I mean, the first thing is around clarity. You have to get clarity on what it is that you actually want. Um, the, the, the thing is, is that we often go into life kind of saying, okay, at a high level, I, I think, I think I want this, right? But we don't spend enough time being curious about ourselves to really explore what 
our wants are. And then we oftentimes get so we get into a need state. And when we're focused on our needs, we forget to think about what we want. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've met who have said to me, I've completely lost touch with who I am and what's important to me and what I want. And, and, you know, to be really effective as a negotiator that's really important um, because if we don't have that clarity and we haven't been curious enough about who we are and what we want to do with our lives, and then we don't know how to relate to others in a way that gets us to where we're trying to go. And so, you know, as the old saying says, if you don't know where you're going, any path will get you there. And so that clarity is really important and once you have that it's empowering it's it's so empowering because it gives you the opportunity not only to say yes to things that fit into what you're trying to do but it also gives you the freedom to say no to the things that don't and it gives you just this incredible boost of confidence when you have that understanding about you and and who you are and and what's motivating you that's crikey that's a big one as well isn't it learning how to say no Mm. and and needs and wants are two very different things aren't they they are very different things and oftentimes we've been taught to focus on our needs and so, you know, for people who who heard a little bit of my story before, right, I was an unwed teen mom. I was homeless. I was on welfare and on federal assistance for almost a decade. It was when I quit living in the back of my car and I decided that I wanted to not continue to live on federal assistance that I had to learn. I was so focused on living on my needs that I had to learn how to think about my wants. And it's something that I'm actually still learning. I just um, entered into a partnership relationship with somebody whose definition of need is significantly greater than what I ever even thought my want was because he's an incredibly successful business person. Like we just are on two different things and that's two different levels. And he's helping me grow into a new level of defining need and want. And sometimes we need that. We need an external person who is where we're trying to go and who's already there and already comfortable being in that world to, to show us how to get from where we're at to, to that level and how to get comfortable being in that and in that level. Yeah, absolutely. So asking questions as a business owner, you know, forms a, a pretty integral part of what it is that we do. So we can understand, you know, where we fit within maybe our clients needs. But why do you think uh, people maybe are, are very wary about asking a direct question? Well, it's it's kind of comes, it's basic, really. I mean, at the end of the day, every one of us, I don't care who you are, I don't care how successful, I don't care how much money you have or don't have or what your history or background is. At the end of the day, we're all human beings. And we're all, even the people who say, oh, I don't care what other people think, baloney. We all care what people think about us to a certain extent. And so that we become afraid of being judged by others. 
and it and it's not necessarily that we're afraid of being judged by everybody, but there are people in our lives that whose opinion of us we matters to us. Like we it it matters to us what maybe a parent thinks or maybe a partner thinks or a a, a friend who's been who's been a mate since since high school um, or you know university. It it just we have those people in our world whose opinions of us matter, and so we're afraid of being judged. And so what happens is we get that we, we get excited about, we we've spent time thinking about what do we want and we get excited about it. And then the voices start kind of coming mm-hmm. into our head and, you know, in our businesses we'll say, Oh my gosh, I, I would love, I would love to land this really large company as a client, right? And you start that relationship and maybe you've moved down the road with that company and you're building that relationship and you have an opportunity there. And then the subject of, you know, how are you going to price your service or product and how are you going to deliver it comes up and all of a sudden all this negative stuff comes into our heads and it's like oh my gosh well i really want this because this if i do this then if i get this then it's going to help me expand in these other areas and but you then in your head you're going but oh my god if I ask for that, that customer is going to walk away. There's no way they're going to do business with me if I ask that that price or, uh, you know, do delivery on those terms. And, and so we convince ourselves before we've even asked the question, we've convinced ourselves what is and isn't possible. Yeah. And it's all imaginary. We've made it all up in our own heads because we haven't we haven't actually asked and been and the other thing is that we're taught not to be transparent in negotiation i hear so many times people say negotiation is is like playing chess or negotiations like playing poker or take your pick of some game no it's really not negotiation is about your relationship it's a conversation about that relationship and if we if we don't give ourselves permission to be transparent of what we want and what makes it important to us then we're expecting our counterparts to guess and nobody's a right, a mind reader. So it's better to just be upfront about that and see, does that work? Does it not work? Is it aligned? Is it not aligned? And is there a way or a path to get it there? I think it's really important to understand or to appreciate that when you're going into a conversation or maybe you're going into um, some sort of negotiation with a, a new client or a prospective client, you're going in to that sort of conversation with two people that are in your head. I don't know whether you've read a book called The Chimp Paradox, but I, I mean, I, I've mentioned this on the podcast before. It's a great book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, I can't remember the author's name now, which is embarrassing, but never mind. I'm sure you'll forgive me. <laughs> you have a chimp brain and then you have a logical brain. And your chimp brain is the one that takes over when you're experiencing conflict or something that makes you a little bit nervous. The chimp will take over and it's more of a primal response. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that make you want to run away from that conversation. But then you have the logical brain that kicks in and says well hang on a minute no we can do this you're you're okay so i think it's important to go into any kind of negotiation or any kind of conversation knowing that you've got those two voices and knowing how to deal with both of them i guess i agree with that 100 percent. i have a mentor named blair dunkley and he talks about comfort i'm glad you can remember his name yeah (laughs) he talks about i was just on a phone with him yesterday but he talks about comfort versus safety and a lot of times so that that chimp brain that reptilian brain however we want to define that brain that 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 part of our brain is designed to keep us safe so 
as of this moment right now, I am safe. So that part of my brain does not want me to do anything that changes this current state because it's, it's, it's keeping me safe. It's like exactly, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. There's no risk to who I am. And so when we start to do things that are way outside of kind of where we're comfortable being, we confuse it. We confuse that discomfort with safety issues. And we think, oh my God, I can't do that because, you know, I'm not safe. But physically, we are, in fact, safe and we're just uncomfortable. But once we confuse discomfort with safety, then then we stop ourselves in our tracks and we say, oh, my God, it's not safe for me to ask for this thing that I want. Um, And so I'm not going to. And it was always safe or most likely was safe to ask for it. It was just really uncomfortable and we've confused the two. So one of the things that I encourage people to do is when you start to feel that, oh, that, that, that kind of your, your temperature start to rise and you start to feel that anxiety is to stop and pause and ask yourself the simple question, am I safe Or am I just uncomfortable? Because if I'm just uncomfortable, then I can make a decision and push through that discomfort to take action. And once I take action in discomfort, then guess what? Now I'm exercising something new and I'm learning something different and I'm, and I'm growing, I'm expanding. And the more I do that thing that made me uncomfortable at that moment, the less uncomfortable it becomes and the easier it is. And so that concept of safety and and comfort is, is really important when it comes to asking for what we want. I think it's okay to be a little bit nervous, especially if you're going into like a big Mm -hmm. negotiation, maybe you're negotiating for a big contract or something like that. I mean, it's actually probably quite healthy to be a bit nervous, but I think what some people can do, definitely. Yeah, exactly right. I think it can actually make a, a, a big difference. I'm not a good example here because I'm quite a confident guy and I'm, you know, I don't often get nervous in, in those kind of situations, but I'm thinking of people that perhaps do find that quite sort of terrifying, that kind of a situation. Uh, and I know a lot of people might think about playing it out in their head first and working out what the outcomes might be, or he's going to say this, or she's going to say that. I mean, that's not a healthy thing to do, or is it a healthy thing to do? What do you think? Well, it depends. I mean, I'm always looking to anticipate what or trying to anticipate what you know objections my counterparts may be may have or what issues they may raise i mean when i go into a negotiation you know i often tell people i often ask people who's the most important person in the negotiation and the majority of people will say that they are the most important person i am the most important person at the negotiation table and i disagree with that as a premise Because I go into every negotiation knowing what I want and what I need from that particular negotiation or what my clients want or need from that particular negotiation. I only have a hypothesis about what my counterpart wants or needs. And the only opportunities I have to test my hypothesis are when I'm at the negotiation table. So I will develop hypotheses about what their motivations are, what they're looking to do, what they're going to object to, how they might respond or react to different things. 
And then I'm going to test them when I'm in the actual negotiation because I'm looking for opportunities to find common ground. I don't, I go in the, into every negotiation optimistically assuming, which that's a different, I have that, uh, that's a different approach than a lot of people. Um, but I go in optimistically assuming that we will find common ground but I go in very curious to figure out where that common ground is because I don't know entirely where it is. But those hypotheses help me kind of guide a conversation to, to discover that. So if there's some people who maybe do feel find themselves feeling uncomfortable about asking questions, um, would you say maybe there's a better way to start asking a question um, and how to maybe set it up? Or is it just better just to be direct and just ask it? And not overthink it, maybe. Well, I think that, you know, people do often overthink the questions. Um, And this goes back to what I said in terms of how people view a negotiation. So if people view negotiation as some kind of a game, then they're going to, you know, hold their cards close to their chest or, you know, they're going to anticipate the person's move, you know, eight moves in advance. You know, I find those games exhausting. I just, I don't have any place for them really. I would much rather there's, there's, you can be direct to the point of being rude and I don't recommend that. But my thing is be very curious, ask curious questions, uh, focus on, you know, what, 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 what does a good deal look like for you? How, when we walk away from the table, and we've come to a deal. What is the most amazing deal that you can imagine that being? What does that look like for you? How do you define success in this relationship? You know, in five years when we're, you know, down the road in this relationship, what does that look like for you? What are we doing together? What what has what has been what benefit have you realized, not just as a company, but also as a person? What is the benefit? And what happens when you start asking those kind of open, curious questions, it, man, the possibilities then become endless because you, you create the space that allows each of you or all of you, depending on how many parties are in the negotiation, but it allows all of you to explore, to figure out how you're going to work together and create more for each other. And I don't remember if I said this when I was on the show before, but, but negotiation is a hopeful act. We use information from the past in the moment to negotiate and divine a future relationship. Right. So how we anticipate that relationship unfolding rarely happens the way we anticipated in the moment. But if you get people to think about what that future relationship might be, whether it's with you, whether it's with themselves, that just creates so many possibilities. And, you know, the, the challenge comes when people get stuck in the past and they're not able to be in the moment and anticipate or think about what those possibilities may be. And that's when negotiation gets really stuck. Let's talk about flexibility, because Mm. if you're perhaps not very confident um, going into uh, a negotiation or a meeting or some sort of uh, uh, a deal, then 
I guess it could be easy to be, be more flexible and wind up with something that you don't want. So should you reckon you should go into the, 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 the meeting with a clear understanding of how flexible you're allowing yourself to be beforehand and sticking to those guns? What do you think would be good, a good, good way to go? Well, I'm always open to listening to other ideas. Um, <clears throat> so being, you know, if I, I usually, I go into a negotiation very well prepared. So I spend a lot of time understanding who who I'm negotiating with, um, not the person as well as the company, the industry, the situation that I'm in. Um, but I don't want to be so rigid in my thinking that I shut down other ideas because if I do that, then I may lose an opportunity to, to, to create more value and to capture more value and to give more value. And so I want to make sure that I'm, listening intently to what my counterparts are saying and then evaluating, okay, is there a way to do the things that they're wanting to do or, or not? And then being transparent if, if it's not possible, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But if it is possible, it's like, you know, that's, I I hadn't thought about that. Um, I kind of like that idea. I'm not sure how we'd execute it. How, how do you think we might execute it? What are your thoughts on how we might execute that idea? Right. That, that shows that that is intentional listening in terms of showing interest in what's being said, really exploring it and, and then, and, and then jointly problem solving it saying, okay, well, this is what I'm thinking mm, that may or may not work. You know, and then maybe I have to go and talk to somebody else or whatnot, but that, that stuff becomes hugely important. And so flexibility is really huge because, you know, I'll, I can have a cup sitting in front of me and I could ask each of you, Paul and Claire, to say, what's the first thing you notice about the cup? And each of you will notice something different. Well, hang on a minute. What's in the cup? Are we, are we talking yeah, alcohol? <laughs> is it a cup of tea? Because if it's a cup of tea, I'm not interested. Since when do you have alcohol in a cup? If it's what? I don't know. I mean, she might have run out of glasses. She, uh, might, the dishwasher might be full or something. Uh, if there's coffee in it, I want some biscuits too. We need to get that cleared out. I have done that before, to be fair, with wine, actually. When I've run out of glasses. Wine out of a cup because you've run out of glasses. I've done that too. <laughs> But we all notice something different and we only have our own perspectives. And so that's the beautiful part about negotiating is that like for the three of us, we have three different perspectives. We have three different sets of experiences that if we stay curious about each other and we allow each of us to bring those experiences to the table and we stay curious about them, it gives us the opportunity to come up with a a solution to a problem that incorporates and values our three different perspectives, right? And when we come into a negotiation and we think that only our perspective matters, then we lose that opportunity. And what that ends up doing is it destroys value and it destroys relationships because we're so myopically focused on 
what we want and what our needs are that we ignore the opportunity to to create more for for everybody including ourselves so we spoke with um hayley Rowe last year about ways to close a sale um and the fact that a lot of people find that quite difficult and um uncomfortable so what tips could you maybe share with us to help people who have maybe experienced that or are experiencing that to you know help them to feel less uncomfortable and not be fearful maybe of closing a sale one of the one of the things that people are afraid of and is the word no and it's an unfortunate thing because no actually i actually kind of have this saying that freedom actually starts with no um a no means that it's not aligned with you or with your counterpart and if it's not aligned with your counterpart it's not aligned with you either you just may not realize it yet and so you know looking at that no and not being afraid of it and just looking at it to say, okay, I know just gives me the freedom to go, go find the right, the right customer, the right supplier, the right investor, the right partner. Um, you know, that's, that's all no is really doing is it's freeing me up to do other things. If, if it comes down to the, the final, are you going to buy or are you not going to buy, or here's the contract, will you sign it? Um, right. It, it's literally getting that fear of no out of your head and re in, in my experience, re labeling it so that it is, it's not a negative, but no reframing, no, as a positive um, that, because it does give you freedom. Uh, so it doesn't matter. And once you, once you realize that, then that no, it doesn't matter if somebody says yes or no, it's being detached from the outcome is really empowering and because either outcome is a positive outcome and um and so that's 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 really how i focus on it well thank you so much christine it's been fantastic having you back with us again yeah absolutely and and actually what's been really interesting is we've managed to cover so much ground that we didn't Mm. cover before I love that. You guys are just amazing. I absolutely loved being on the show the first time. You two have such an incredible chemistry and it's an absolute honor. I was completely psyched when you guys asked me to come back. I was so excited. So were we when you said yes. (laughs) I was so excited. You guys just have, I love your show. I listen to it. I just, I talk about you guys. I just, you guys are just amazing. And I just think you guys are doing some great stuff. Oh, you can definitely come back now. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It's a yes from us. Okay, so at the end of every um, episode, we ask some questions that are completely unrelated to business. Uh, The questions are actually inspired by Inside the Actors Studio. Um, I'm ready. Let's do this. Yeah, so are you ready for your questions, Christine? Actually, Christine has come out so far with one of the best answers to one of these questions of the entire podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, which was your answer last time, Christine, when we asked you what your favourite smell was, and you said burning hair. I did, yes, and it still remains so. Wasn't there another one? There wasn't there like a engine oil or something as yes, well. Yes, diesel, diesel. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. All right, rancher. Yeah, we need to get rancher. we need to get you some new smells, Christine. <laughs> okay, let's let's try this one out. If you could do any other profession other than what you do now, what would you do? Oh, God, that's really hard. Mm. Um, I think I don't. Wow, I I might just like be a band groupie. 
Oh, hello. I <laughs> wasn't expecting that. That's a good answer. Yeah. I, I guess you don't really need to go and do any training, or do you? I don't, no, probably not. Do you know what? I was. I'm not surprised you saying that, Christine. No, no. I mean, I mean, there, there, there are a lot of limitations that I have with that. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. So, I mean, there, there's that. I, I, you know, so I might, I might fail on that front. But yeah, I know. There's just something about going and do, hanging out with a band and just. Who I'm would you? So, who would you be a group? before i mean who would you go and stalk oh god um i don't like right now oh disturbed would be one i love them um this is this is going to sound crazy but there is i mean it can't can't get much crazier christine so go for it no no it can't (laughs) get much crazier than burning hair and diesel fuel right um no there's a band in the u.s that i love acapella bands they are i don't know why i just have always loved acapella and there is a group here in the u.s called home free and they are just these down old down south country boy guys and they sing country music and they just have done some great they just have done some great things and they have a new album out that's and yeah i could totally be a groupie with them and i don't think i have to drink and do drugs with those guys but not like some of the other and 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 this band is and this band is totally acapella it's completely acapella thank you so much christine for being with us again it's been such a pleasure and so much fun sort of dipping into the the same topic in a very different way and obviously we decided to ask you back really off the fact that you've just published your first book and i know how great that feels because i've had a book out too it's just it's like your new baby it's so exciting isn't it? it it is very exciting and it just i'm already working on the second book and um it's addictive it's kind of like uh it's like i have you know i did the first and you know just why not ask a conversation about getting more and it you know, t- covers my story and negotiation, a whole bunch of other things. And and then and then I have like five more titles that I've already, you know, <laughs> and one that I'm already halfway through Check writing. You so out. Wow. It's like it's it's quickly it quickly became an addiction. <laughs> it's like oh my, and I was like, oh, my God, that's a great title for a book. I got to go get the URL. <laughs> so. <laughs> so before you plug your book, quick plug for the fact that we did a few episodes, a couple of uh, well, the fact it would have been last month all about um, how to write your own business book. So if you want to be like Christine and write your own book then there's a couple of episodes here to help you uh which you'll find um about four or five episodes back Uh, so tell us about your book where can we go get it what's it all about give us a plug so it is called why not ask a conversation about getting more um i don't know if people in the uk are very familiar with jillian michaels but jillian michaels is a famous in the u.s she's a famous fitness expert and guru and entrepreneur and she wrote the foreword to the book um, and it is really, it's really about how do you get more of what you want? Um, it, it really expands on some of the things that we've talked about on both the last episode that I did and this one um, and tells a little bit about my story. I mean, I learned how to ask um, I, because I had to, uh, not because I wanted to, but because I absolutely had to, or I was not going to survive and neither would my children. And so it's really taking that the principles I learned there and how I expanded on that, you know, through my global negotiation experience and uh, all the companies I've worked with across the globe and the countries I've worked in and really kind of takes all the lessons I've learned across that and, and helps everybody who reads it 
ask for more of what they what they want and shows them some of the tools and techniques to, to get it. This is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. Listening to how Christine talks about speaking uh, to your clients and to your audience, it just makes such perfect sense because how can you actually uh, respond appropriately when you're having those conversations when you haven't found um, enough information about the person that you're speaking to? And what I really loved is one of the things that Christine says, which, which is, you know, think about what the future relationship should be like between you both. Um, and I just thought that was a really lovely way to look at things. Yeah, I agree. And actually, that could make that conversation so exciting because you can get that person fired up about sort of what the future holds for that uh, relationship, however it might pan out. Um, and I hadn't really thought about it that way before. And actually, that's quite a, no. uh, quite a powerful way of, of sitting opposite someone and having that conversation. Because you just, you, you're almost taking them on the ride with you. And the word alignment Christine used as well so finding that alignment between you both I just I love that because if they're enjoying that experience and that phone call with you and they're feeling that you're invested in them they're going to be then more invested with what you're talking about I love that yeah another great episode with Christine so great to have her on again if you want to check out her book it's available on Amazon it's called Why Not Ask a Conversation About Getting More by Christine McKay so that brings us to the end of this episode for today you can find our back catalogue of many more episodes I believe we have over 70 now Paul um, yeah it is yeah at the big we've little... with each other for that long I know I fancy that huh? Um, so you can find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk UK and we're also on Facebook, LinkedIn as well. And Instagram at Big Little Business Show. And that does it. If you want to carry on the conversation, by the way, uh, about negotiation or anything else for that matter, you might want to pick up on something we covered in one of our previous episodes, then let us know by coming and find us, finding us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn and all the others. And until next week, say goodbye, Claire. Bye-bye. <laughs> You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. Listener.